Today's episode of Here's the Catch is brought to you by Game Time. Okay, folks, time for a little pop quiz. Do you think 49ers tickets are cheaper three weeks or three hours before the game? You can find the answer with Game Time, the ticket-buying app that proves patience is more than just a virtue. It can save you some serious cash. Game Time is the leader in last-minute tickets. Pick your deal, see the view from where you're sitting, and buy in two taps. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. So download GameTime in the App Store or Google Play. Work that clock to your advantage and score last-minute tickets. Go, man. Tear it off, dude. You're listening to Here's the Catch with David Lombardi, Matt Barrows, and Dennis Brown on the Athletic Podcast Network. I think we got the right guys. Um, I know today was a lopsided game, but, um, you know, the, the league's too hard to just be overconfident. Every week's a tough week, and we got a lot of work to do. Welcome to Here's the Catch podcast. After a 31-3 rousing victory over the Cleveland Browns, this is Matt Barrows here with Dennis Brown. Dennis, this team is 4-0. and yeah, and, and when was the last time? I think I think I heard before the game, it was the first time this team had been three and zero since nineteen ninety or yes. some, some number like that. And uh, I think you know what, what we what we're seeing right now is the creation. You talk about brick by brick. We talk about defense. We talk about offense, and they showed out tonight. I mean, I was impressed. I mean, you, you I mean you talk about the defense. They held this team to three points, and and you know an offense that scored what 40 points last week yeah you know you, you shut them down to just three points I mean it, it, it was an impressive showing on both sides of the ball we had talked uh, in the run-up to this game how it, it this game might be similar to the week one game against Jameis Winston and, and the Buccaneers and in that that defense could force uh, Baker Mayfield into some mistakes and that's exactly what happened uh, he was eight for of 22 a hundred yards he threw two interceptions, and his passer rating was 13.4, which is by far the lowest of, uh, albeit a very young career, but uh, that was uh, way below his uh, previous low. <laughs> Actually, Odell Beckham Jr., I'm looking at the stat sheet right now, had a uh, passer rating of 118.8, uh, so his uh, wide receiver did better than he did. But uh, it just seemed like that defensive line, especially Nick Bosa, rattled Baker Mayfield throughout the game and, and rattled him into quite a few mistakes. Yeah, it, you know, even though Baker Mayfield had the weapons, I mean, we know what Odell Beck, Beckham can do. And what a great job, you know, as far as his defense. And it, your opinion, Matt, it, I mean, it, it's, it seemed like they start throwing more to Richard Sherman's side. They I mean, did. there was a time there where it looked like all the passes were going on the other side of the field. And, you know, what a great job, you know, that, that, that and we talked before the game, there was going to be two key matchups and it was going to be a uh, school. Yep. And then and there was going to be the DB who was going to have to Emmanuel play. Emmanuel Mosley. who's going to have to play uh, his best game. And he's such a physical guy, but he's, he's, his technique is, is, is so fundamentally on tap. So it's he had a great game. Uh, the def- Nick Bosa, 
talk about a productive day. Yeah. I mean, he was motivated. He, he was motivated, and, and this guy, his 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 motor is always kind of going. There's a lot of times he was he was on the ground. He was able to get up, crawl, and make sacks yeah. and make pressures on the quarterback. And and I've I we saw him plant the the flag in the middle of the field, and that's what motivated him. He took it back to college to get himself motivated, and it showed in this game. Yeah, don't mess with those OSU guys. Uh, in case you're wondering, you, you probably know this by now, but uh, this goes back to 2017 when Oklahoma knocked off Ohio State. I think it was early in the season, September of that year, and then Baker Mayfield punctuated that win by planting the, uh, Ohio, uh, the Oklahoma uh, flag in the middle of the Ohio State field. <laughs> so those... Uh, Ohio State defenders apparently uh, haven't forgotten about that, and, and Nick Bosa was saying that um, he was talking to Sam Hubbard, who's a uh, Cincinnati Bengals defensive end, uh, who also is a former Buckeye, and uh, Bosa was telling Hubbard about his plans to do that, and Hubbard was like, yeah, yeah, do it. You got to do that. <laughs> so uh, Bosa not only thought about that, he, he actually rehearsed his flag planting uh, in, in his room at night. And so <laughs> this guy was thinking about this for, for some time. And, boy, he came through. Just wanted to get payback. How he, had, long he had it coming. Only uh, four games into his career, but definitely uh, the, the game so far. And it happened to come on uh, primetime television. It was sort of a, an announcement to the rest of the league that this guy's serious. And he's, he's really a contender for, I think, uh, defensive Rookie of the Year. Yeah, and I think this is the first time that we've seen a fully healthy yeah. Nick Bosa. And you know, there were some times where you know he got in the backfield and he you know he slipped around a little bit, but he's getting to the point now. I think that ankle is coming around. He's he's getting it. He's getting used to playing at this level. And you watch him play. I mean, I, I watch the defensive line, and he's a guy. He doesn't stay on blocks. You know, he's very elusive. He, his hand movements are unbelievable. And his power rush is great. And again, his motor just keeps going. And a lot of the, I, I saw the one sack, his first sack, I think, when he planted the, the flag, it was just a hustle. He yeah. ran the, the complete hump and ran all the way across the field and was able to bring down May, or B- Baker Mayfield uh, from behind. And it was just hustle. It was all hustle. And it doesn't look like opposing teams are treating him as a rookie. I mean, sometimes he's got two guys on him and he's still kind of able to break through and get And he's to the in that wide nine. Yeah. So if a tight end lines up, He's on the outside of the dang tight end too, and he's still getting pressure. So that speaks to his speed. I don't think there are any tight ends that can that can block him in this league. Um, You you started to talk about Emmanuel Mosley, and and what I saw was for most of the game, and this wasn't every play, but for most of the game, they had uh, Jimmy Ward, who started at free safety, sort of skewed to. Mosley's side so they, they did leave Richard Sherman alone on an island like like we thought he might and uh the Browns weren't shy about attacking that island most most of the throws went to that side uh Sherman obviously had an interception he had that great play uh on the opening drive where he knocked the receiver out of bounds the receiver made the catch but Sherman had the uh wherewithal to to knock him out of bounds that was a huge play it was reviewed it was initially called a catch, but uh, on replay review, it was reversed. And, and that's just that veteran in him. Yeah. I mean, you, you want a guy like that on an island because you know that he can handle that right there. Yep. You know, you want to help out Emmanuel Mosley. You want to help him out. But as far as getting one, if you have a cornerback that's going to be on an island, he's a guy you want on an island. Yeah, 100 yards for Baker Mayfield, that's, that's nothing in this day and age. You, you've got guys passing for 400 routinely in the NFL. Um, let's talk about another guy, Justin School. Right off the bat, 
they call the 49ers call a play to school side that that Matt Breeder run. He he had a, a cavern to run through. Great kickout block by him. And so it was school on, on one side. It was Juszczyk. Uh Kittle had a good block on that. I think Lake and Tomlinson had a good block. And boy, um, we've been talking about angles and bad angles being taken by uh, NFL free safeties and. The, the Browns' free safety just misplayed that, got a step behind Breida. And when you get a step behind Breida, you're not catching up to him. He's and he fast. was gone. Yeah. When, I mean, once he hits that second level and he hasn't been touched, he's, you know, full stride. I mean, you saw him out there waving bye-bye to – I mean, it's, yeah, it's a little arrogant, but, you know, that's what it was. It was bye-bye. I mean, you weren't going to catch uh, Breida once he got in the open field. I, I was on the Raheem Mostert. Uh, I was on Team Mostert when it came to which of the running backs is the fastest running back. I thought Raheem had that title, but boy, uh, that was real speed. And you just saw it. I mean, you knew it. And um, I think that Next Gen Stats had Matt Breida going at 23.31 miles per hour, which is a record the fastest any ball carrier has uh, has gone the last two seasons. I believe it. That looked very, very fast to me. And um, it's it's why they call him Breed of the Cheetah. I mean, it was just there on the, on the very first play. And, and he and the 49ers did not look back for the rest of that game. Yeah, and so I, I think, you know, there's and we talked about this when Justin School got the opportunity to start. And we talked about, you know, late draft pick, will he be able to handle it? And, and, and my thought was, you were brought onto a team to start. You're not brought on a team to be a backup, to be a practice squad guy, a developmental guy. You're here to start. And he's taken full – he's got two games now. He's put up two good games against two de- good defensive yeah. lines. So now next week's going to be the real test. But he has shown that he can play in this league right now. When the 49ers started the season in Tampa, it was uh, Tevin Coleman who was the starter, and, and Breida was the number two back. Today, it was different. It was it was Breida who was the starter. Coleman, who looked very healthy to me, was the number two back, and I wonder if that's going to be uh, the case for the rest of the year because Breida certainly didn't do anything to, to relinquish that. Right. I, I did think that Coleman looked good. I mean, he had his own, uh, you know, 19-yard touchdown, and and he ran away from. I thought he was going to get caught. I mean, the, the Browns had an angle on him too, and he ran away from the Browns defender into the end zone. So he looked to be a hundred percent. That that I think that's a very good sign for this team move, moving forward. Yeah, and and I feel like all these backs. When you talk about these running backs, they're almost interchangeable. They they seem like they run a lot. A lot. I mean, they, they're they're one cut. Down the field, yeah, downhill, and yeah. they've got the speed. And once they get in those, they find that little crease, they are gone. And I think they all. I mean, I think Breed is a guy who's earned the right to be the starter. I think Tevin, as he gets better, I mean, he gets healthier and gets more used, more reps in the offense. He'll be good. But you know, Moster comes in, and he's it's the same thing. And yeah. I think that speaks to a Kyle Shanahan offense that these are the running backs that he's been trying to get for many years, and he's got them now, and he's using them really well. Yeah, two of those guys aren't drafted. It just uh, goes to show you how many quality players don't actually get drafted. All the money and the concentration that goes into the draft, and yet some of these guys still slip through. And then there's Matt Breida running for 83 yards on Monday Night Football on the very first offensive snap of the yeah. game. I mean, what a way to start the game. Yeah, it was a I great mean, way. <laughs> it started with the defense going three and out. Sure. Okay, and then the offense gets on the field and boom, 
you know, now it's seven nothing. I mean, and that just, I mean, the defense, you're on the sidelines, you're tired, you went three and out, you go back in, but you feel good because, you know, your offense is putting points on the board. So what a way to start the game. I would pay money to watch a uh, 49ers tailback challenge to, to see which of those guys is the fastest guy. We, we could raise money for charity. It, it would be a great event. Uh, we, we could fill up Levi's Stadium. I, I, well, watched... I, I think it's different when you, I mean, if you line them up and make them run a 40-yard dash, I think it's different than game speed. Yeah. And I look at game speed, and, and Matthew Breida, I mean, his game speed is unbelievable. I mean, he just takes off. He hits that hole, and he is gone. Same thing with Molster. I mean, it, it looks like they're fast. Yeah. I mean, they're faster than I'm sure their 40-time kind of talks about. But I, I think that game speed, I, I, it's just unbelievable watching these guys run. Yeah. Uh, once uh, Breida, you know, made that cut, uh, and was through the line of scrimmage. You just knew that he was determined to get to that end zone, and he he was putting distance on a guy that had a a 15 yard head start on him. I don't know how that how that uh, that free safety for the Browns missed that tackle, but but he missed it in a big way, and I'm sure he'll be hearing about that in the uh, in the film session tomorrow. Yeah, he'll get it for that bye bye. I mean, you know, he, he'll get that throughout the league. And now, you know, you got defensive backs now. They're going to be coming after him after yeah. that little bye-bye wave. Yeah, th- th- there was some bad news as far as the running game, and that's uh, fullback Kyle Juszczyk, uh was carted off the field with a, a, a knee sprain. Uh, and we talked to him for a little bit afterwards, and he said it's definitely not an ACL. And he was, he was standing and, and moving. Um, he had his left leg in a, in a brace and a – and a plastic cast, but he also said that there was something definitely wrong with it, uh, and he's going to get a, an MRI on, on on Tuesday to determine what that is. But uh, the 49ers seem a bit resigned that they're going to be playing without him uh, for this big game coming up against the Rams. And the question is, what do they do? I mean, he's the only fullback on the team. He's one of the few fullbacks in the in the league. Uh, you, you can't bring a guy off the street and have him s- and tell him, "Hey, do what Kyle Uzcheck does." Yeah, that's not going to happen. So I, I think the 49ers are going to have to stick with what they have, and uh, I think that probably means playing with tight ends, and, and they do have an abundance of uh, pretty good ones. And you saw tonight, a lot of times the tight end was lining up in the backfield as a fullback, but there was another fullback during the preseason. It'd be interesting to see if you see if he's found a home. I can't think of his name right now. Yeah, but it was a tight end. He yeah, was a tight end and played a little bit of fullback. Exactly. But in this offense, it, I mean, it, it, Juice is a smart guy, Harvard graduate, Uh this offense looks so complex. I mean, this is yeah. a guy. I mean, to be in this offense, he's such a huge part of the run game. Some of the blocks that he, he that he throws, it's going to be important to get someone who kind of knows this offense yeah. a little bit, and he's able to make those you know second decisions on who to block if it's going to be a defensive end or if it's going to be a linebacker. And uh, it, it's going to be important to find someone who's who kind of knows a little bit about this offense. Yeah, he he absolutely epitomizes the offense. He he and George Kittle to me do because they're both. Guys, that when you're out there, you have no idea whether it's going to be a run or a pass because they do they, they do both equally well. And you'll miss him in the in your passing game too. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he had two catches today for for 20 yards, so no. which is you know small for him. He had he had a much bigger game in the in the pass game against the Steelers, but uh, he's capable of it. Um, you know, lastly, they are playing the Rams coming up. Uh, the the defending conference champions, the the team that's been atop the NFC West the last two. Uh, years now it's the 49ers who are top and, and they're, this game is in Los Angeles it should be on 
uh, in prime time, but they the NFL didn't end up flexing that game for some reason. So we're, we're stuck with Chargers and Steelers instead of this really clash of the titans in the NFC West. But what are your thoughts on watching the 49ers go into Los Angeles and, and taking on a Rams team that's really been the class of this division the last two years? Yeah, and, and you talk about, I think this could be the biggest test. I mean, you you got a quarterback who, you know, he's a pocket guy, he's a tall guy, he's got a strong arm. Uh, you you got a, a running game that could be great, who that has been great with Curley, and he's not exactly what he used to be. But he's still there, and he can he can make a difference in a football game. Uh, and you got a defense, and when you know what 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 Aaron Donald can do up yeah. front, I mean, he can change a football game. Right. So and they can I move think, him around a lot too. And, and he does move around a lot, so you can guarantee that you know school's going to get tested again. Yes. You know, so you know I think this is going to be to date the biggest this season, the biggest test for the 49ers. They're going to go on the road. The Rams have lost two games back to back. They're going to be hungry. They're in their home stadium. Yeah. You got to go on the road. It's not a long trip, but it's a divisional game now. So I, I think this will be uh, their biggest test as far as the season goes right now because you're playing a team that's good on offense. They got a very creative offense. You got to have sticky coverage in the backfield or in, in the backside, and you got to play the run. So I think this will be the biggest test. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I wonder if it's their biggest game. I mean, certainly their biggest showdown in in five years that that 2014 season uh you just kind of felt like uh the wheels were falling off that machine that they had built under Jim Harbaugh but I I wonder if it's the biggest certainly the biggest division game for the 49ers since that uh championship game in Seattle I think it is because you can get some separation now yeah a lot of separation (laughs) on the Rams you can really get some separation if you get if you can get them down and win this football game go on the road win this football game and then the Ram, I mean, the Rams get three games, losing three games. That's big. I mean, that's that's. Then you go into, you know, then you go to Redskins, which is opportunity to, to win that football yeah. game. And I mean, you can really get some separation. I mean, Seattle's always going to be there, and then you got Arizona. I mean, so you know, th- this is. I think this could be the biggest game, you know, of this year. People were talking about the Pittsburgh game, this game, I think going on the road now, division game, a team that you know who is poised that you can go and you can beat them. I mean, yeah. You can beat him with this defense because you got a quarterback that doesn't want to move around. He wants to sit in the pocket. And if you can get him in there, you can get that pressure up the middle and get that outside pressure. Yeah. You can really get after. And if Goff gets hit a lot, he gets rattled. Well, and then he starts making mistakes. We, we see what happens to rattled quarterbacks against yeah. the 49ers. They get, they get picks and they get uh, fumble recoveries off of that. Uh, it's interesting. I, I just mentioned that 2013 game. It was actually in January of 2014. That game up in Seattle, maybe the best game that I've ever covered. Let's say the 49ers beat the Rams, and you know a game that starts to really loom large is the season ender, the finale, which is in Seattle. So, uh, you know, we're starting to get back to those kind of Harbaugh days where you know the 49ers and the and the Seahawks played some epic games, and that one at the end of the season, I think it's at the very end of December is starting it's it's too early to say it. it's yeah, too early to yeah, say it, but it's yeah. starting i'm peeking at it it's it's uh looking like it could be a very very juicy game at the yeah end. And, and you look at you know this team and I, I just think about the defense i mean if the defense 
can consistently do what they've been doing for the last four weeks. I mean, the, the, the opportunity is there. I mean, you can make teams one-dimensional. You make a quarterback, you know, make those decisions, beat you with, with your arm, and you got good coverage and you got pass rush. I mean, there's a chance. I mean, you can hold team to six points, three points. Yeah. You're always going to win football games. Well, what about some other things we saw today? Um, we had a new starter at free safety in Jimmy Ward. There was a lot of talk about how he would do. Wasn't hurt, not injured, got through the, the game unscathed, which for Jimmy Ward is, is uh, job one. And he, and he was playing with a, you know, a, a bigger cast than I was expecting to see on that, protecting that, uh, that right ring finger. But there was a play that uh, they held Nick Chubb for the most part pretty well. I think he finished with 87 yards, but he did bust loose on one play. And it was Ward who kind of headed him off. And I thought it was a nice contrast between what we saw with that Browns free safety on uh, Matt Breida's first run and uh, what happened with Chubb. So it, it seemed like he had a pretty strong game to me. What did what, you see from well, your vantage yeah, point? I mean, he's a guy that, you know, the 49ers really like a lot. And, it, and, it's, and it's because, you know, I don't know if it's because he can play several different positions in the secondary, but I, I think it's because he is a physical guy. I mean, he plays, you know, he, he unfortunately gets hurt, but he plays. I mean, he throws his body yeah. around. He's very physical. And I think he – I mean, he knows his defense. And, and you know, we always hear, you know, we love Jimmy Ward. We love what he brings to the table. And I think he showed tonight, you know, just his physicality. Yeah. And his – I mean, he's not going to take those bad angles. I mean, he's he's a vet now. He's been in the league for a while. And, and I think when he's out there, the coaches kind of believe in him. So – uh, you know, I think he, he adds to this defense, especially at that position. I think he plays that position better than he and he does a, a nickelback or a uh, a the cornerback position. Yeah, I do recall him having a pretty big hit on Odell Beckham Jr. at, at the sideline. It was on one of those uh, drives where the the Browns were getting close to a, a touchdown score, and and uh, he gave him a big thump on the sideline. And I'm looking at uh, Beckham's. Uh, stat line here, he, he was targeted six times. He had two catches for 27 yards, which is nothing. I mean, last right. year it was two big touchdowns when he was with well, the Well, Odell Chinese. Beckham, if, if he doesn't get the ball early, you can. I mean, if, if he doesn't get in a, in a routine, I mean, he'll start pouting. Yeah. And then, you know, he'll do, do be out Do you think that game. happened in this game? Yeah, I mean, I think he got the ball, you know, early enough. I mean, if, if he gets early and gets going, yeah. I mean, he's unstoppable. But if, if he doesn't get the ball early, you know, really have to worry about him. Yeah, we were talking about sort of uh, how Jimmy Ward was lurking over the top of uh, Beckham for most of the game and, and giving Emmanuel Mosley some help. There, there was one play where he didn't have that. Uh, Ward was uh, very much in the middle of the field. Uh, Baker Mayfield did a good job of looking off the safety, and he went to uh, Beckham down the sideline, deep play, just like the, the one that he scored on last year with the Giants. And Mosley did a great job. He used the sideline to kind of steer him out of bounds. Yeah, uh, Beckham, body Beckham made the catch, but he was clearly out of bounds. And yeah. that was it. I mean, that was, you know, we talk about Justin School having a good game because he don't hear his name call very much. That was the same thing with Emmanuel Mosley today. He just didn't hear his name a lot, which tells me he had a pretty strong game. Yeah, and Miles Garrett, you heard he had the one sack. Yeah, and that was against, uh, it was against the, the right yeah, tackle, McGlinchey. You know, and yeah. that, that was one of the big matchups. And, you know, again, I, I think – we can stop talking about. It. I think he's a guy that you can plug in there, and I think he's he's learned a lot from Joe Staley. But I think he's a guy that you can plug in there now. Let's talk about Robbie Gold. How about that? Yeah, Robbie Gold. What was going I mean, on we there? We talk about that's nine points against the Rams, the Seahawks, 
That's huge. And I don't understand kickers and how they work. I know there's a new long snapper. Yeah. But there's a new I mean, long snapper every week, Dennis. Yeah. So. Robbie Gold has been gold for this football yeah. team. And he missed three field goals tonight and one blocked, or was it two and one blocked? Yeah. Two misses. One was from 52 yards, but it was a, a clear miss. I mean, it was well short of the mark. And then the other one, I, I felt like it was just a really good play by the, the Cleveland defender who. Um, got a great jump on the ball, and then stuck his hand up just at the perfect angle to hit that ball. So I don't know if there was anything wrong from uh, the 49ers' perspective as far as their battery. But, uh, yeah, five misses, three of them today. This is coming off uh, an offseason where he held out for mm. a, a, big, uh, yeah. a big new contract, and they've gone through three different long snappers so far. So yeah. I, I think there are – they're holding out for the long snapper who began last season, who's Kyle Nelson, who got suspended, of course, at the end of last year. And it's got, what, two more games uh, for that suspension to be over, and then he'll be back. So they're just, you know, hoping for a placeholder for the next two games. One of the snaps was, was off base. That 52-yarder, it was low. Uh, the holder, Mitch Wisnowski, had trouble getting it off the ground, and it was just uh, a bad timing all around. And I imagine that's what, what the issue was with Colin Holba. He was the guy that began the season as a long snapper. Uh, I, I feel like maybe he wasn't doing things quickly enough and that gold's timing got thrown off a little bit. With with a kicker, it's like a nanosecond, and mm-hmm. they feel it, and, and that affects them. So I just think those points are, are going to be important, especially when you get in – Seattle games, yeah, uh, Rams for sure. Games, you know, those nine points is the difference of the game, right there. Yeah, you you, you get into a, a defensive battle with a team like Seattle, with a team like Los Angeles Rams, and you're going to need those nine points for sure. Uh, and it's something that Kyle Shanahan said he's going to look into. You know, definitely wasn't good enough. I mean, that was probably one of our worst games in terms of I don't know about the whole special teams, but in, obviously in kicking, I think there's what three of them that we didn't get. So, got to get better. Uh, I don't know how many times you can change long snappers throughout the season, but uh, we've got one more coming when Kyle Nelson gets back in two weeks, but I wonder if there's going to be another change even before that. It'll be interesting to see because you've got to get it sorted out. I mean, because like I said, he's been gold yeah, for it, the last couple of seasons. Yeah, exactly. You know, th- this team's been bad, but the, the kicker's been excellent the last two years. Now the, the team is excellent and the kicker is starting to wobble, so you want to have both uh, going strong at the same time. Well, uh, I think that's it. It looks like David Lombardi is going to miss this entire episode. Oh, he missed a great show. <laughs> huh? This is a lesson to David to really uh, hustle to finish his story so that he can take part in these post-game uh, podcasts. But until we meet again, this has been Matt Barrows and Dennis Brown for the Here's the Catch podcast. We'll talk to you guys soon. <laughs>